0: <laughs> and laughs Theater of the Mind The best love programs from radio's golden age Only on Zoomer Radio Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor
1: Tonight we go back to the Second World War For another story from the radio series Cloak and Dagger now, before the Second World War, the United States didn't have much in the way of an effective intelligence gathering service. But as much of the rest of the world went to war beginning in 1939, it became apparent that this would have to change. William Joseph Wild Bill Donovan, a lawyer and a military veteran who had won the Medal of Honor in 1918, was appointed coordinator of information, attempting to centralize the intelligence gathering activities being individually carried out by the Army, Navy, FBI, and State Department. Well, at first, the various services were rather reluctant to share information. But the attack on Pearl Harbor showed the need for a centralized intelligence service. And by 1942, Donovan's nascent organization had become the Office of Strategic Services, better known as OSS, with Alan Dulles now in command. The OSS went to work both in Europe and the Pacific theaters of war, gathering intelligence, sowing false information, training guerrilla troops, and performing acts of sabotage. So, with a show cloak and dagger in mind, I must have meant the title, The People in the Forest, kind of intrigued me, but after a bit of research, I discovered the people in the forest are part of the French underground during World War II. An American, Robert Scarpella, who works for the Office of Strategic Services, or OSS, parachutes behind enemy lines in occupied France. His assignment is to help the French underground identify and remove the traitor who's in their midst. This story is based on a true incident, as reported in the OSS documents in Washington, D.C.
2: Are you willing to undertake a dangerous mission behind the enemy lines, knowing you may never return alive? What you have just heard is the question asked during the war to agents of the OSS. Ordinary citizens who to this question answered, yes. This is Cloak and Dagger. Black Warfare espionage international intrigue these are the weapons of the oss today's story the people in the forest is suggested by actual incidents recorded in the washington files of the office of strategic services a story that can now be told
3: to slow down. And then it circled slowly. Someone pulled the cover off the jump hole, and I got my first view of France. Occupied France. August, 1944. Action stations. On the ground to the right, I could see fires, like safety matches lit in the moonlight. And I wondered how big they really were, those fires that were out there to guide us in. The dispatcher told me I was to jump second. Running in. Ready. And then it happened. The first bad break of that mission. Only it didn't happen to me, it happened to Chris Fowler.
2: See you in France, Capella! Okay, Fowler. Number one. Good luck. Go!
4: Geronimo!
3: I just stood there, looking down, watching him go. And then my heart started to pound all over me, my breath caught, and I nearly choked on it. Chris fell and fell and fell. The shot didn't work. It came out of the bag and streamed unopened behind him. Paratroopers call that a Roman candle. Tough break.
2: Want to turn back, Scarbella? Huh? Uh, no, no, I'll jump it. Okay then.
3: Ready, number two.
4: Number two, ready? Ready? Come! <laughs>
3: The wind came up and hit me in a rush. I felt myself falling. I think I died a few times until I heard the crack of the chute. Beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful. The most beautiful sight in the whole world, that big white umbrella over me. The little safety matches on the ground got bigger and bigger. I realized they were torches. And then I saw a figure of a man waving. He started to get bigger, too. And then the torches were put out. I was about to get my first introduction to the French underground.
5: Are you all right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm all right. I saw what happened to your friend. It was too bad. Yeah. You had courage to jump up the bat. Maybe if I'd stopped to think about it, I never would have.
3: Maybe I was afraid I'd. Never jump again if I didn't then. Well, anyway,
5: here I am. My name is Captain Robert Scarpella. Captain Robert Scarpella. American. Welcome. Welcome to France. I'm ecstatic to make your acquaintance, Captain. The little guy <laughs> threw his arms around <laughs> me friend. and kissed me. When I was welcome. 12, I'd said nix to kissing my
3: father goodnight because it embarrassed welcome. me. And here was this little Frenchman with the beret and baggy
5: pants <laughs> oh, and farmer's God. shoes, with his arms around.
3: <laughs> hey, cut it out!
5: I'm just so happy to see you, Barry. <laughs> well, I'm the Fox. The Germans themselves gave me that name. Look at this head. Would you believe there is a price on it? Oh, uh, are you the leader? Yes, of one of our little bands. The British radio alerted us about your coming. Well, there's a good reason for my coming, Captain Fox. You may call me simply Fox. Okay. Fox. Well, right. Now let's pick up supplies that were brought to you. Right. As for your mission, Captain, there will be time enough to, t- to talk about it when we get deeper into the forest to our highway. Uh, is it very far from here? Unfortunately, there's a little walk. We were forced to move our headquarters last night after another German raid. Hmm? What do you mean, another? Our positions have been raided three times the past night. Almost as if the Bosch were given a map. Of where we were in the forest. Mm -hmm. Sounds to me like somebody's dirty work. I have thought of that, Captain. But if there is a traitor in our group, I shall find him. We know how to deal with such. (laughs) I'll bet you do. Oh, here we (laughs) are. Oh, that's nice. Very, very, very nice. (laughs) <laughs> this carbon rifle, beautiful, too. Yeah. Yeah, there are shoes in those packages, too, and food and grenades. Oh, what a beautiful rifle.
3: Uh, I was to tell you to expect a
5: heavy supply drop in a few weeks. Oh, what a beautiful rifle. We still are using field pieces from the Franco-Prussian War. But this is a beauty. <laughs> now, gather up your things, Captain Scarpella. I'll be back in a few minutes. I'll be back. The fox disappeared into the woods.
3: The whole thing seemed like a crazy nightmare. The whole forest surrounded by Germans. And yet here I was, passing the time of day, just like nothing at all, with a Frenchman who had a price on his head. And somewhere out there, where he drifted, Chris was a dead heap under a lot of parachute silk. I grabbed a gun and I waited for trouble. I didn't know whether to go after the fox and take a chance on being ambushed, to stay where I was. Someone was coming. I ducked behind a tree. The only thing I could figure was the Germans had seen the plane, seen me land. I took aim. Carefully. Slowly. American. American, where are
5: you? Oh, for crying out loud, what happened? What were those shots? (laughs) I just wanted to get the feel of your gun. So I simply tried it on a couple of Germans over the edge of the hill. (laughs) It sights very well, though. Crying out (laughs) loud. This little dinner party is your honor, Captain Scarpelli. I regret we have nothing better than wild rabbits store for you. Well, it's a swell. Quite a welcome. Headquarters didn't tell me to expect anything like this. Luzette, more wine for the captain.
4: But of course.
6: Here, I will refill your glass. Oh, thank you. Oh, mais non. In France, we say thank you. This way. Hey. (laughs) You mind my kissing you?
3: Oh, uh, no, no, not at all.
6: I love Americans. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. All huh Amer- hey.
5: come
6: help me. I need your help.
5: Luzette, <laughs> let us go. <laughs> Marie's calling you.
6: Oh, oui,
4: maman, I am coming.
5: <laughs> uh, she's a very pretty girl, that... uh yeah. Luzette. Luzette, Luzette.
0: Yeah.
5: And very young. Yeah. Only 17. Oh. Already she has seen so much... Hiding like this in the forest, sneaking back into the German-held village. Into the village? Oui, monsieur. Many of our group work in the village, right under the noses of the enemy. And the Germans do not know that they are members of the McKee. Oh, but they know you're here. Oh, they know, they know that we're here, but they do not dare come near the forest, except in big raiding fires. Uh-huh. They know very well that to one dead of ours, there will be twelve dead of theirs. Well, Captain, now about your mission. Its purpose? Tell me more, please. Well, I was sent here to find
3: out the German defense plans for the port of San Nazar and the entire coastal area around ah. here. Ah. Oh, now, I know those plans are in German headquarters in the village. And you request our help? I've got to have those plans, and in a matter of days, I've got to deliver them personally to 8th Corps headquarters. Now, put
5: your mind at ease, Captain Scarpella. The fox will help you. <laughs> now, the first thing I will do is put you Adoncio, in contact. With... Oh. Attention,
6: attention. Captain Scarpella, I'm Marie.
5: Ah. <laughs> She's the mother cat of that little kitten who kissed you before. Oh, <laughs> uh, happy to meet you.
6: And we are all enchanted to meet you, American. In your honor, we have a special surprise. Listen. Attention. Un, deux, trois.
4: Okay, me out to the ball again. Well, we
3: are to the again. crying <laughs> out loud. <laughs> You're pleased, Captain (laughs) Stullfeller. Well, this is something to write home about. Write home about? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, nice, cozy evening with friends. Oh, You'd never know, there was a war going on. Leave
4: us! Leave us! Elrond!
5: El- El- Where is the lookout? There are two troops about a kilometer from here, Captain Fox. I see, I see. What else? There are two divisions, at least, of German soldiers oh, surrounding I see. us. Captain Scarpella, I regret very much to have interrupted your welcome party in this manner. René? look Lupox. René? Oui? The new machine, our... American friend brought with him. We? Oui. Now, what is it called, Captain Scarpella? A bazooka. Oh, yes, this b- 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 bazooka. Now, take, his, take it to an advantageous position. You understand? Oui, now, listen. Yes, now, my friend, my friend. Now is the best time for him and some of the others to learn how to use it. Huffa, oh, crying out loud. <laughs>
3: I thought it seemed like a nightmare before. It was nothing to what happened now. It's so mixed up in my mind, I can't remember it clearly. It wasn't anything like the patrols I'd been trained for in the army. Now,
5: Captain Scarpella, follow me, please, all right? Ah. <laughs> These Germans are becoming very annoying. Uh, uh, would you mind pointing that the other way first? Yes, excuse me. <laughs> These b- b- bazookas are beauty. Just a little beauty. <laughs>
3: From out of nowhere, a German soldier fell forward on his face. And then the fox and I moved on. I remember thinking, Cripes, this is like kids playing cops and robbers. French boys, still in their teens, ran by with a cross of Lorraine sewn on their coats. I saw Marie take aim behind a tree. And all the time, the fox kept smiling. He
5: never stopped smiling. I feel selfish, Captain Scarpella. Give me that gun. I will let you borrow yours a while. There, about 50 yards ahead, there is a juicy rabbit in German uniform. Oh? Please,
4: get him.
3: <laughs> Captain Le Fox was right. The rifle did sight well. And then, all of a sudden, there were less Frenchmen around and more Germans all around us.
5: In a case like this, my friend, the best course is to run. Well, let us run.
3: As forest as like a jigsaw
5: puzzle to me, you know it backwards. It is from necessity, of course. I regret exceedingly that I must ask you to join me here in this swamp... We will stay here till it is safe to leave. Shh. Under the water. Leave only your nose above it to breathe.
2: Oh, are the They are gold. How can one fight what one cannot see? I think we have them this time, Herr Hoffman. They are scattered and disorganized. Perhaps uh-huh. this is the end of our trouble with them. Relaxed. They're retreated. But those arrogant devils may return again. Well, we'll find out from our informant later how good a job we have done this time. Yeah.
0: I'm going off my hands.
2: Shall I stay here, Scott? Mm. No. It is not necessary. There's nothing here. Come better with me. Yeah, yeah. I have
5: posted a guy here. It would have been most inconvenient, Captain Scarpella. Are you very wet? Uh, What do you think? Well, there will be clean clothes for you at our hideout. Come, it is time for us to go there. Well, this has been a very annoying evening. Uh, Fox. (laughs) Fox, did you hear what they said about uh, an informant? I heard. I heard. Miss Carpella, Marie is employed as charwoman in German headquarters in the village. She is the contact of whom I spoke. Uh
6: What can I do to help you? Just tell me. There are plans for the defense of St. Nazar. What
5: do you think the chances are that they may be in the files of the office where you work, Marie? Very good, I would say. Uh, Marie, Marie, tell me, what are my chances of getting into those files?
6: Also very good. Mm -hmm. The door of the Hauptmann's office is left open for me, so I may wash the floors. I see it will be easy to enter. As for the files, I have a key. A key? Wait. I will give it to you. Well, this is better than I hoped for. Well, when can we go tomorrow? Tomorrow? Why not now? The Germans are still out searching the forest and the coast will be clear. Let us leave now. Well, for...
5: I'll say it for you, Captain Scarpella, for crying out loud. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Less than an hour later, we were in the village. It was five o'clock in the morning. There was no one around. The village
6: slept. Captain Scarpella, listen to me. Yeah. There is the German headquarters across the street. Mm-hmm. I will leave you and go inside to get my mop and bucket. You will watch through the window. Right. When I distract the guard, go quickly to the side door. It is open. Uh-huh. The Hauptmann's office is the third door from the end. The third, huh? You have the key to the, to the files, huh? Hey? Yes, 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 I have it. Bon, I go now. Remember the signal I gave you. In case of danger.
3: I watched her go into the building. And then I took up my position at the open window. There was a guard at the front desk. No one else around. I pressed myself into the shadows. And after a while, Marie came to the front desk and began to mop the floor.
2: What
6: are you doing here, Charlie? I'm not that early, Sergeant. And the sooner I finish, the sooner I am through. I'll go about your business, then.
3: I knew that soon she'd do and something to something
6: distract us. You're disturbing me. <laughs> this, this too must must be washed, no. I will be through presently. Ah! They are. You oh. spill
3: that all the uh, no. so sorry, it was not deliberate. Hello, my sure. the, the side door was open
2: as she said it would be. One, oh. two, three. The third door from the end.
3: I made it. The German captain's office. And in the corner were the files. The key in my hand was hot and sticky. It fit. It fit. The key fit. I knew it would, but somehow it would slid in and turned. I took a breath of relief. I didn't have much time. I knew it didn't have much time. I had to find those plans, but where? the papers? where were they? And I heard Marie's signal, and I froze.
2: What a
3: break. But I couldn't stop searching now. You're where are they? Almost as if God had put it into my hand at the right moment, I found the photostatic copies of the defense plans. Now if she could only hold them off until I got out of the place. Let's see now, let's see. The window, that's it.
4: There's
3: only a short drop to the ground and still no one in sight. I had a feeling Marie could take care of herself and I started back for the forest... The plan's in my pocket.
5: I oh, see here, Captain Scarfella. I'm the man. But, uh, you see, you come out of the forest three miles north at this point. Right. Is that uh, a clear road, Fox? You will have no difficulty, Captain. There has never been any reason for the Bosch to post guards at this exit. Now pay attention, Captain.
6: I must talk to you. Both of you.
5: Marie, what are you doing back at the farmhouse? Why are you not in the village? Marie, was there trouble after I left through that window? Do Do they
6: they know about the papers? They know. Because they were told. Told by a dirty little spy from our own ranks. What?
5: Now, please, quiet. This is my business, Captain. Speak, Marie.
6: I overheard the spy. One of us... I blush with shame to think of it. The spy was telling the bush, Captain, about the papers and the Americans' mission. Fortunately for you, Captain Scarpella, the spy was not able to warn him early enough.
5: Go on, go on, go
6: on, The road is blocked, however. You are trapped here, American. You may have the plans, but there is no way for you to leave and deliver them. The road north is swarming with red ants of Germans. The traitor.
5: His name. Give me his name, Marie.
6: I will do better. I will give you the traitor. Renée, bring her in here. No, no, please, please. Throw her the set. Yeah. on the floor. Get me the wrong side. I, I said throw her on the floor. No. Listen to her sob, my own daughter, torn from my own flesh. For my daughter, not for what is going to be done to you. But for what you have done, spy, traitor, this girl, my daughter, I spit on her. I did not know, I, I did waited not for know her outside. what I was doing. After I, I hurt her with know. the captain, her German captain, I waited for her and, and dragged her back no. here. Fox, do what you want with her.
5: No, Lizette. no. No, no. Look at me.
4: No, no. Was it you?
5: You who gave away our positions each time? Yes.
7: Yes, I told them. It has been so hard. I have known war for so long now. All my life, it seems.
6: I have known two wars. Would I turn on my own? I am glad your, your father is dead,
4: so he does not see this.
7: They promised me so much. I did not think it so bad. I, I only gave them small bits of information. Small bits
5: of information?
3: <laughs> Except what is this last about the American.
5: You call giving away our hideout <laughs> small loser?
0: We are so much smarter than they. <laughs> and, and, and it always gave us a chance to kill so many ah, of them.
6: <laughs> your excuses disgust me. Say the word, Fox. Let me throw her to the rest. No, no, Mamma. I'm pity, I'm pity. I, am, I am your mother no longer. <laughs> Do not call me that.
3: Now, wait a minute. Listen to me. Fox, this may be your affair, but I've got a stake in it. Now, what do you wish to say, Captain? There's only one way out of this forest. It's blocked right now.
6: Thanks to her. Now,
3: let's forget that. All that matters to me is that I get through with these plans. Now, Lisette. Lisette, do you want a chance to prove yourself?
6: Oh, we, we, I will do anything. Do not listen to her, Captain. Marie, Marie. Two faces she has. Not quiet. Go on, Captain.
3: Now, at German headquarters before, Marie distracted the guard because she knew him. Now, who knows the Germans at the exit to the forest to distract them?
6: I do. I will. Let me, please.
7: They trust me. I will give you a chance to slip by.
3: It is too great a risk, my friend. I have no choice. I can't stay trapped here. The plans are no good in my pocket. Very
5: well. On one condition, I will go alone. And if she does not do as she says, the fox will shoot her through
6: the heart. You have my permission.
5: Ah, (laughs) there are many clouds out tonight to hide the moon. The darker the better. Gisette. there are your friends at the foot of the hill. Go to them. We will hide here among these piles of firewood.
6: We, oui. we, oui, I will go.
5: And remember, Luzette, this gun is aimed at you. Go. Mm.
3: We hid behind towering cords of tree trunks and branches piled in the woodlot for the village's firewood. We watched. A few minutes later, we saw them—the soldiers and the girl—silhouetted against the moon. Mm-hmm. We couldn't hear what they were saying, but every once in a while
5: we heard them laugh. They swarmed about her like bees about a flower. Come this way. We'll sneak past them and into the brush. Why? Now. She's doing a good job trying to redeem
3: herself.
7: I'm a stupid, American. It's a-
6: no
3: way out. You're a sly one, Lucille. You will say a clue. <laughs>
2: it's time to be the help, but to a mistake yeah. with you, no? There are an to being
3: an officer, eh?
4: Help! Oh, God. see <laughs> hey, you now. I can run, run! Captain, this way, into the brush. Help! Get back! Help! Oh. Get back! Oh. go! Let's let's run go. Run. On, I want oh.
3: I looked back over my shoulder and saw Lisette crumple into a heap on the road. I knew she was dead.
5: Do not grieve for her, my friend. It is best this way. It is easier than living with herself. How do we get out of this? We're surrounded.
2: You're surrounded, American.
5: Surrender. Surrender? What means that way? We know you're a the wood right? We have you cornered. Come on. Perhaps this will but... help you, Minjo. over there. Step out of the bush. Abort, you do the same. Abort.
3: Trying to burn us out. If we come out, we'll be shot
5: down by the machine guns. American, I have an idea. Yeah. Stand here. Mm-hmm. When you hear a loud crash and I call out, you run through the fire. It is not bad yet, my friend.
3: He ran like the fox of his nickname to the tallest pile of firewood. In the dark night, I saw him struggle with a log at the base of the pile, and then the huge tower of wood came tumbling down and screamed. Ah! I plunged through the fire and found the path. A few minutes later, Sly Fox miraculously
5: joined me. You can make it from here alone to the American lines, Captain Scarpelli. <sighs> what about you, Fox? Ah, don't worry about the fox. I'll get back all right. Perhaps we shall meet again one day, Captain. Who knows? Well, all right, ride then. Goodbye.
3: I never looked back, and I never saw him again. But when I think of him now, I think of him not with a beret, but with a green hat and a feather, a little like Robin Hood.
2: Captain Scarpella delivered the plans personally to the assistant G-2 at 8th Corps headquarters and he was recommended for the Distinguished Service Cross for the American lives he had saved at the port of (laughs) Saint-Nazaire. Thus, the exploits of another OSS agent closes with the words... Mission accomplished. A further adventure in black warfare is next week's... Cloak and Dagger. In today's Cloak & Dagger adventure were Joseph Buloff, Lily Darvoss, Larry Haynes, Nancy Franklin, Barry Kroger, Raymond Edward Johnson, Carl Weber, Boris Aplin, and Jerry Jarrett. Script for Cloak & Dagger was written by Winifred Wolfe, and the music was under the direction of John Gart. Today's true OSS adventure was based on the book Cloak & Dagger by Corey Ford and Alistair McBain. This has been a Lewis G. Cowan production in association with Alfred Hollander. It was under the direction and supervision of Sherman Marks. Robert Warren speaking.
1: Stay tuned for Abbott and Costello, next on Theatre of the Mind. Even at the height of their success, Bud Abbott and Lou Costello struggled with problems in their personal lives. Abbott was a heavy drinking epileptic, and Costello suffered from frequent near lethal bouts of rheumatic fever. This might explain why in 1945 they fell out over a petty row about Abbott's decision to hire a maid who had previously worked for Costello. Costello called Abbott a drunk in the press and Abbott responded by publicly threatening to thrash him for it. Their film contract with Universal Pictures meant they had to stick together, but for a long while, they weren't on speaking terms. Errol Flynn claimed that he caused their final breakup in 1957 after a practical joke in which the swashbuckling movie star accidentally played a tape of hardcore pornography in front of them and their families, while Flynn pretended to be innocent. Abbott and Costello blamed each other for that prank. But let's go back to hear them in happier times as they provide laughter, even though behind the scenes they were anything but friends. Here's the episode entitled Nuts and Bolts.
8: That's right, folks. C for comedy. A for Abbott. M for Maxwell. E for Ennis. L for Lou Costello. Put them all together and they spell camel. Experience is the best teacher. Try a camel. Let your own experience tell you why more people are smoking camels than ever before. And draw up a chair for tonight's camel show starring Bud Abbott and Luke Costello. <laughs>
3: Costello
9: Costello, come over here Hey, by the way, what were you doing at Universal International Studios this morning? Oh, I had to take my pet flies over there You took flies to a picture studio? What for? To get them a screen test? I, I... <laughs> you idiot who, who was that red-headed <laughs> Hey, no Who was that red-headed girl that was with you? Oh, she's been chasing after me for years, Abbott I call her Pilot Light Pilot Light? Yeah, she's an old flame that stayed lit <laughs> She's a lovely girl, Abbott. She's very social. Uh, does she have uh, does, she, does she have good connections, Lou? I beg your pardon? Does she have good connections? Well, she never fell apart while I was with her. No no no, 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 no. I'm talking about her connections. Her, her associates. Does she belong to the Junior League? Belong to the Junior League? No, she belongs to the Coast League. She used to pitch for the San Francisco Seals. Uh, still, I'm talking about the Junior League. Society. Has she come out yet? Has she made her Debo? Her what? Her debo Oh, sure. Every time she comes out,
4: debut.
9: boo <laughs> right. right. They say boo! Give right, me right. the house! Hey, right. okay, but she's very... She's very high-tone habit. What do you mean? She was born in the south of England. Oh, I see. Her family came from Wales. Her family came from Wales? Yes. I so, thought her conversation sounded a little fishy. Oh,
4: Docs. Docs,
9: please. Well, Wales is part of England. That means they're English people. Now, uh... What does a father do, Lou? He's got a big diplomatic job with a bakery. A diplomatic job in a bakery? Yeah, in Helm's Bakery. He's a British advisor to the English crumpets. All
4: right.
9: Forget about a father. What, is, what does she do? What does she do? Yes. Well, she weighs 250 pounds, and she's got a big job as a sand hog. Now, how could a woman be a sand hog? She sits around the beach all day and hogs the sand. Now, <laughs> sounds like quite a family. Are they wealthy? Wealthy? Abbott, they got a chateau in France, a villa in Switzerland, a castle in Spain, and a hacienda in Mexico. Uh, where do they live? In a Quonset hut in Glendale. <laughs> You're wasting your time with these people. Uh, why don't you get yourself a good job? I had a good job once, Abbott. I worked for a foot doctor. I used to put birdseed in people's shoes. Birdseed in people's shoes? Oh, sure, that keeps their pigeon toes away from their corn. Uh, <laughs> that's <still a>
4: <laughs> Look, Castell, please.
9: Look, Costello, I'm only trying to help you. Look, why don't you listen to me? You can change. I used to be dumb like you once. I was ignorant, stupid, and ugly. And you know what, what caused the change... What change? I, uh... <laughs> them. There must be some way to get you a job. Wait a minute, I've got it. I'll speak to Harry Ridoff about you. Wait oh, a minute, good, better good. still, I'll have my brother get you a job where he works, at the nut and bolt factory. Your brother works at the nut and bolt factory? Yes. yes. What's he doing there? Nothing. Nothing. You just said he's working. <laughs> he is working. Doing what? Nothing. And he gets paid for doing nothing? Oh, certainly. Hey, yeah, but if I get a good job at the Nutton and bolt factory, what would I be doing? Nothing. Now you're talking. That's the kind of job I want. You <laughs> <laughs> Nutting is hard work. My brother puts in eight hours a day, five days a week. Doing nothing? That's right. Look, Abbott, your brother works in the Nutton and bolt factory. Yes. Are you sure he don't do nothing besides nothing? Well, so, sometimes he works in the foundry department. Then he forges steels. How do you like that? He ain't satisfied getting paid for doing nothing. Now he forges and steals. Cap'n, <laughs> your brother is a crook. He is not a crook. Different. He's worked hard all his life. <laughs> Before he worked in the nut bowl factory, he worked in a rope factory. What's he doing in a rope factory? Nothing. Well, that's different. I mean, he did. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What did you say he was doing in a rope factory? Nothing. Nothing. This guy's been getting away with murder. <laughs> so far, he's had two jobs up to now. He's been doing nothing and nothing costell listen to me and i'll try to explain it so that even you can understand thank you the rope factory makes tennis nets what nets nets and next to you Na- too no, that's, you know, idiot. <laughs> my brother made tennis nets the nets are tied together with nuts and my brother does nothing. just a second abbott when did your brother start knotting? Knotting? Mm. oh about three years ago and what's he doing now i told you nothing. look up to now you told me less than that you said your brother did nothing for three years and now he's doing nothing when is he going to start doing something? He is doing something. What? Nutting. <laughs> nothing is something? Look at well, Lavin, one of us is nuts. Look, don't your brother get tired of doing nothing? Oh, of course. When he gets tired, he takes a vacation. What does he do on his vacation? Nothing.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
9: now, there is a pretty picture. This guy does nothing for three years, but doing nothing is too tough for him, so he gets a new job doing nothing. Then he gets tired of doing nothing, so he takes a vacation and does nothing. Now you've got it. Well, if I got it, I caught it from you. <laughs>
8: you light up a camel, Skinny Anna sings, my number one
10: dream came true. A million times a day, I pinch myself and say, my number one dream came true. And if I rub my eyes, it's only in surprise, my number one dream came true. I had my number two and three and four dreams. With lots of possibilities in each, I might have planned on dreaming even more dreams. Cause number one was way beyond me. I can't believe it yet, but if my fate was set, it did what I wanted to. Don't ask me when or why or how But if I'm here with you My number one dream came true I had my number two and three and four dreams with lots of possibilities in each. I might have planned on dreaming even more dreams, cause number one was way beyond reach. I can't believe it yet, but if my faith was set, it did what I'd wanted to. Don't ask me when or why or how, but if I'm here with you, my number one dream came.
9: Pastello, it's time for you to start thinking of the future Why don't you get a good job? Be industrious Keep your nose to the grindstone Save your money and in ten years you can retire And you won't have to work, Lou Why should I go through all that? I'm not working now (laughs) I don't believe you ever had a job Oh, a guy's a sucker to work, Abbott. All you got to do is go on one of those quiz programs. The other night, my Aunt May won $9,000 in cash, a refrigerator, two washer machines, and a brand new house. Well, that's wonderful. Yeah, and she was one of the losers. Uh, Uh,
4: Costello, please.
9: Aren't you interested in betting yourself? Why don't you find an honest job? What, and quit radio? I don't... (laughs) Why don't you look at the ads in the paper and find a job for yourself? Oh, I got a job all picked out, Abbott. You have? I saw an ad in the funny papers. It said sell 24 bottles of Chief Schmoe's spot remover and get a magic lantern free. I can also win the $500 grand prize by selling 175 million bottles. Oh, Costello, there are only 130 million people in the United States. So what? I got friends in Mexico. Uh-
4: <laughs> well,
9: now wait a minute. <laughs> selling spot remover is better than doing nothing at all. Come on. Let's go over and see this Chief Schmo. Here it is, Costello. See the sign on the door? Chief Schmoe's Indian Remedy Company. Spot remover, Indian tonic, scalp treatments, and Tommy Hawk's sharpened. Yeah. <laughs> well, come on, let's go in. Well, good morning, gentlemen. As the Santa Fe train said to the freight train, I am the chief. <laughs>
4: <laughs>
9: Costello, hey, this guy don't look like an Indian to me. Sure he is. I can tell by the way he's dressed. He's wearing a arrow collar and a bow tie. Get it? Bow and arrow. Get your pictures mid Attic! I'm pitching him in air tonight! Quiet, Please. Costello, quiet. Uh, Chief Schmo, my friend Costello read your ad in the funny papers and he'd like to try selling your spot remover. Well, to be a Chief Schmo salesman, Costello, you'll have to have fire in your voice. You've got to glow with feeling, blaze with personality. What do you want, a salesman or a torch? Gee, <laughs> do you think Costello can handle his job? Costello, we'll have to fill out this application form. I'll read the questions and when they apply to you, just answer yes. Were you a college graduate? Were you a high school graduate? Were you a grammar school graduate? Were you born? <laughs> well, I'll turn the form over on the other side and see if it goes any lower. <laughs> Costello, our personnel is highly restricted, specially selected. We demand the highest qualifications. What makes you think you can be a cheap schmo salesman? When I show your ad in the funny papers? Oh, good. For a while, I didn't think you had the qualification.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
9: now, before you go out to sell cheap Schmoe's spot remover, I want to give you a few pointers about being a door-to-door salesman. I don't want to be a door salesman. Who wants to sell doors? I want to sell spot remover. <laughs> no, young man, when I say you sell door-to-door, I don't mean you sell doors. I mean that you sell spot remover, even though you're selling door-to-door. How do you like that? Now the Indians aren't doing our routine. <laughs> Now, Costello, when a housewife tries to slam the door on you, make sure your foot is in the way. But my foot might get hurt. In your case, stick your head in the door. (laughs) Now, here's your 24 bottles of spot remover in your sample case. Sell these and you get the magic lantern. Now, wait a minute. Let me get this right, Chief. If Costello sells uh, the 24 bottles in one day, he not only gets the magic lantern, but also a special prize? That is correct. Mm -hmm. This week we have a very valuable prize. A genuine 12-foot pole. 12-foot pole? What's that for? That's for girls you can't touch with a 10-foot pole.
4: Get <laughs> going and sell that spot <laughs> Hey, Costello.
9: There's a woman right over there, Costello. Why don't you make her your first customer? Okay, that's a good idea. Uh, pardon me, miss. Well,
7: <laughs> if it isn't Mr. Orbit oh. and Mr. Costello, Come you on. fought, little man. you. Uh,
9: Costello is... Castella is selling spot remover.
7: Oh, fine. I'd love to patronize him, but I'm very busy. I'm on my way to Arm G Arm Studios. Arm uh, uh, G Arm Studios?
4: Studios? <laughs>
7: Why, Abbott, yeah, you heard of Arm G Arm Studios?
9: That's where they make pictures with Clark Goobel, <laughs> Luna Tuna, and Mookie Rooney.
7: <laughs> Did you ever. Uh... Yes, yes, sir. Did, did. You ever opt at Om Gom with sponsor Trucy? No, but I was a cool boy at Republic with Rui Ruges <laughs> Well, I must be toadling along, as we say in Norwegian. Arva, der ruste druebolgumka, nakiska to you,
9: and a wad of busted
7: bubble gum and a kisser to you too.
4: Well, Ah, excuse
9: me, Costello's selling spot remover. Would you like to buy some?
10: No, thanks. I don't need any.
9: Oh, you don't, eh? You certainly do. Look at the stains on your necktie. I can tell everything you had for lunch shrimp, clam chowder, lamb chops, and coffee. Why, there's only one clean spot on your whole necktie. I know.
10: I'm saving that for dessert.
9: (laughs) Never mind him, Costello. Hey, look. Here comes Marilyn Maxwell.
7: Oh, Lewis, the most wonderful thing has happened. I've just been chosen California's queen of the orange groves.
9: Marilyn, can I be your smudge pot? Oh,
7: Lewis, you're so cute. Marilyn, can I
9: come over to your house tonight?
7: Not tonight, Lewis. I'm washing my dog. How about tomorrow night? Well, tomorrow night I'm taking my dog to the dog show. Uh, how about Saturday night? Saturday night I'm busy.
9: What's your dog doing? <laughs> uh, Costello's selling spot remover. Would you like to buy a bottle?
7: Well, is it any good? Oh,
9: sure. That's my line. Certainly it's good. I'll show you. Oh, there's a little spot on your dress. Now I soak my handkerchief with a spot remover and rub it on your dress. <laughs> Don't just stand there, Abbott. Throw a blanket around her.
7: <laughs> Lewis, you ruined my dress. Goodbye.
9: Well, Costello, you certainly lost Marilyn for a customer. Well, come on. Let's go in here to Mrs. Wetwash's house.
7: Rabbit. Oh, my. I wonder who left that garbage can on my front
4: stoop.
7: <laughs> oh, pardon me. That's Costello.
9: <laughs> oh, Mrs. Wetwash, we don't want to bother you if you have company.
7: Company? Well, I'm
9: here all alone. Then who are those two people looking over your shoulder? Oh, oh pardon me. That's your ears. Uh, <laughs> quiet, Costello. quiet. 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 Mrs. Wentwatch, Costello's selling spot remover. Uh, what? What is that? He's selling spot remover.
7: Selling it? He yeah. ought to drink some of <laughs> it.
9: Drink spot remover?
7: Spot remover? Oh, I thought you said pot remover. <laughs> now, get out of here before I slam the door on you.
9: Come on, Costello. Come on. Okay. No, no, we can't. Remember what Chief Schmo said? If a woman tries to close the door, stick your head in it. Go ahead, slam the door, Mrs. Whitwash. All right. (coughs) Mrs. Whitwash, you've slammed the door on Costello's head.
7: Oh, I oh, 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 you poor little man. I'll buy all your spot remover, every bottle. I'll stroke your head until the swelling goes down, and then I'll put my arms around you. Cuddle, you close to me, and I'll kiss you and kiss you and kiss you and kiss you. (laughs) Costello, can you hear me? Yes, slam the door on my head again.
8: Marilyn Maxwell from Metro-Golden-Mare, producers of Sea of Grass. And here's Marilyn to sing for Camel fans
7: everywhere. There is no greater love than what I feel for you. No greater love, no heart so true. There is no greater thrill than what you bring to me. No sweetest song than what you sing to me. You're the sweetest thing I have ever
4: known.
7: And to think that you are mine alone. There is no greater love in all the world, it's true, no greater love than what I feel for you. Sweetest song than what you sing to me Sweetest thing I know You are my love there is no greater love in all the world it's true Greater love than, baby, what I feel for you.
9: Well, Costello, you sold all the spot remover. Now, let's go into here to Chief Schmoe's office and give him the money and get your magic lamp.
7: Good morning. Uh, whom do you wish to see?
9: I'd like to see Chief Schmo.
7: I'm sorry, he's busy now.
9: He's holding a pow-wow. A what? Pow-wow, pow-wow, pow-wow. I can't hear you. There's a dog barking somewhere. Right, <laughs> Costello. Here comes the chief. Ah, gentlemen, as Michelangelo said to Venus de Milo, I see your back. Um, <laughs> Costello Cast- sold all the spot remover, chief, and he's here to get his magic lantern. What? He sold all that junk? Uh, I mean, that uh, spot remover? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, as Lippy DeRocia said when speaking of his new bride, what a day. <laughs> and as Lippy DeRocha said to Happy Chandler, what,
4: a year? If
9: you don't mind, Chief, just give uh, Costello's magic lantern and we'll be going. Uh, that, 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 that not so fast, boys. By selling that spot remover, Costello was only qualified for the magic lantern. Now all he has to do is help me sell 980 bottles of Schmoe's Indian water. I can sell anything. I even sold insurance. I sold Lana Turner some sweater insurance. I sold Dorothy Lamour some sarong insurance. I even sold Gypsy Rose Lee insurance, too. Wait a minute. <laughs> what did Gypsy Rose Lee have insured? These Indians lead sheltered lives, don't they? <laughs> She took full coverage uh, wait a minute Why should this boy have to sell 980 bottles of Schmoe's Indian water? Chief, this sounds like a shady deal Mr. Abbott, there's $50 in it for you if you can get Costello to help me Oh, that's different Uh, Costello, I think it's a splendid idea Wait a minute, now, Abbott. Now, now, wait a minute. You just said it was a shady deal the smog cleared up pretty fast, didn't it? <laughs> Gee, what, is this, uh, what does this Indian water do? Schmoe's Indian water is the elixir of youth. It takes years off your life. Why, Al Jolson took one teaspoonful, and do you know what happened? Larry Parks.
4: <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah,
9: come with me. Come into the laboratory and meet the Indians who make Schmoe's Indian water. This is our head chemist. Me, big brave. We're Abbott and Costello. You ever listen to our radio program? Me, not that brave. <laughs> Mr. Brave, brave, I dabble in chemistry myself. Listen to this H2O2S3. What's that? Ethyl alcohol. Then there's H1SSO5. What's that? Ethyl chloride. Then there's HI2183. What's that? Ethyl Schultz. That's our phone number. <laughs> if a man answers, that's the wrong formula. Now, this is where we make the famous Schmoe's Indian water that brings back you. This big Indian fills that pot with herbs, his squaw stirs the mixture all day long, and at night when it's finished, elixir, Elixir? <laughs> elixir? Right. Now, there's gratitude for you. The poor squaw sits all day over a hot fire stirring that pot. Then at night, this Indian comes along and gives her a beating. Uh, what are you talking about? I'm going to report this to the police have it, beating that poor woman. Costello, nobody's getting a beating. He just said a squaw stirs the pot all day. Then at night, this Indian comes along and elixir. He what's the, What's wrong with that? What's wrong with it? Nobody's gonna hit the score when I'm around. If he licks her tonight, I'll have to lick me. He'll have to lick me too. Well, look, when he says elixir, he don't mean he licks her, he means elixir, and elixir is a name. Oh, why don't you say so? I know her very well. She works for Warner Brothers. Who works for Warner Brothers? Elixir Smith. Oh, you idiot. (laughs) This elixir is a tonic. It makes you feel young. It's it's a a pick me up. It's a what? Pick me up, okay? Ah, put me down, you idiot. You just asked me to pick you up. I did not. I said pick me up. And now put me down. But make up your mind Well, gentlemen, we're ready to go Hop into the truck and we'll make our pitch in an empty lot And sell the 980 bottles of Schmoe's Elixir of Life Hey, Costello, Costello Look at the crowds of the people coming to buy Chief Schmoe's Elixir of Youth Go ahead and make your pick Okay Hiya, babe Gee, you're cute What are you doing tonight? <laughs> Wrong pitch. Wrong pitch, yeah. Boys, boys, I'll make the pitch. And Costello. Yes. Costello, you sell the medicine. And remember, back up everything I say. Yes, remember that, Costello. Anything the chief says, you back him up. I get it. Friends, I am Chief Smoke. Anyone that drinks Smoke's Indian water can be young forever. It takes years off your life. Look at me. I am 239 years old. I've been drinking this water since I was a young man. I've worn out four Schaefer lifetime pens. Look at me. Two hundred and thirty-nine years old. Friends, the medicine is one dollar a bottle. My assistant will pass among you. Go ahead, Costello. <laughs> okay. Smalls Indian water, one dollar a bottle. How about you, lady? I'll take
8: one. But, young man, is that Indian really two hundred and thirty-nine years old? You
9: couldn't prove it by me, lady. I've only been with him hundred and forty-six years. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you fat faker. I'm an officer of the law. How long did you say you were working for that Indian... I'm going to apply for the job tomorrow morning. (laughs) That's enough of that. Into the patrol wagon with you. Ah, just a minute, officer. I'll vouch for my friend here. You see, Costello was told to say he was 146 years old. Well, Costello will be 146 years old by the time he gets out of jail. Into the patrol wagon with the both of you. (laughs) Well, Costello, you, you certainly got us in a fine mess this time. Don't bore me out, Abbott. I've been through too much already. I'm tired and I'm thirsty. Thirsty? I know. I'll drink a couple of bottles of cheap schmoe's elixir of youth. Costello. Yep, uh, Costello. Yep, yep. Don't drink that junk. That, that stuff is a... Uh, 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 Costello, where are you? Here
7: yeah, my, yes, I right here. <laughs> but, Costello.
9: Costello, I, I don't see you. All I see is a, is a fat little boy.
7: Have that's the wags. The fat little boy is
9: made. Cuss. this is wonderful. They can prosecute a child. When we get to the station house, I'll jump out of the patrol wagon and run. Then you, you, you turn, when I turn you loose, I mean you come right home to him. <laughs> Bye-bye, yeah, man. All right, like you crooks, come out of that wagon. There ain't no crooks in here, Mr. Parchman. I'm like, Only without me. You! How many times have I told you kids not to hitch rides on the patrol wagon? Don't you know it's wrong to do a thing like that? Why? Why do you always do these things? Oh,
4: why, a bad
9: boy! Well, Costello... Next week is the opening of the baseball season. Yes, it'll be a great week for my Uncle Artie Stebbins. You know, he was a famous baseball player. He played and played till he got so old he couldn't tell a ball from a strike. Then what happened? They made him an umpire. Uh, Good night, folks. (laughs) Good night, night, everybody.
8: Costello again next Thursday when Costello gets a telegram from Joe DiMaggio, which leads the boys into their famous baseball routine. Tune in next week and you might find out who's odd first. Be sure to tune in next week for another great Abbott and Costello show brought to you by Camel Cigarettes. And remember, experience is the best teacher. Try a camel. Let your own experience tell you why more people are smoking camels than ever before.
7: C.A.M. P.L.S.
8: Abbott and Costello will soon be seen in the new Universal International picture "Buck Privates Come Home." This is Michael Roy in Hollywood, wishing you all a pleasant good night. For Camel, <laughs> stay tuned now for the Eddie Cantor Show. This is NBC, the National Broadcasting Company.
1: Thank you for listening. Tomorrow night, it's Dark Fantasy, followed by Burns and Allen.